can't talk about their launch right now because it hasn't happened. But did he fell? Oh my goodness! Should we? Okay, you're we, recording. I was about to say, should we press record? I, I only caught the tail end of your screaming, but yes, we should press record. We just wrapped up recording the entire episode, and the cult fell over and started screaming. Can Travis you share with them why you're? Travis, so uh, New Heights tweeted that they're filming their, recording their new episode. I'm like, ooh, that's so exciting. And I was making fun of his pants. And then I was like, wait a second. I recognize this logo. I don't know if anyone can see this on the YouTubes. And um, what Travis Kelsey would call an alpine hat. He is wearing an alpine hat. And I am so excited. You cannot tell me now. I, I am... If this gets put into the episode at some point, I think you are right. I think we're getting a Travis Kelsey video in the Alpine launch. But are we getting a Taylor Swift at an F1 race? No. Yeah, I oh, don't think I, so either. Uh, n- not for the foreseeable. She's in Europe over the summer. No, she doesn't do. I don't know. I can't. I'm short-circuiting <laughs> right now. I can't even think about that. That. I wouldn't, I won't, Nicole will, like, cease to exist, so there will be no episode of Gridwalk that week if that were to ever happen, but this is blow- You know Nicole is panicking when she starts referring to herself in the third person? Oh my god, this is a marketing genius move! Their episodes drop at the same time as the launch! Hmm, right? right. Is the launch at 9 Eastern? It's tomorrow morning. I don't know. You're testing my knowledge, I'd have to look it up, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. For those of you listening on audio, right now Nicole is holding her <laughs> iPad with the photo and just dramatically zooming in on the zooming. photo, zooming in and out on the Alpine logo on Travis Kelsey's head. I can't believe Travis Kelsey's in and out. I mean, besides that, he gave his, like, money, them, you know, or whatever. I, I can totally, oh. yes, use your brand value to support the brand you invested in. That makes complete sense, please. I hope someone told them how to say it, because that, like, really hurt my brain when they couldn't <laughs> say it but holy bananas it's so like america of him like Excuse me, but i'm gonna take 10 seconds welcome back to gossip grid hey podcast listeners gossip grid here your guide to f1's paddock elites welcome to the shortest episode of gossip grid that you are ever gonna get and travis kelsey is wearing an alpine hat and i'll catch you next time on gossip grid <laughs> like that's there you go Oh my god! Recording from New York and Los Angeles, your hosts, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein, are lined up on the grid for this week's Gridwalk. Engines are fired up, ready to broadcast to you every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and more. Subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires. Today, Gridwalk will take pit stops at... I love when I look down at a muted uh, sporting thing to see right when they score. Woo! Woo! God, we're, this is going to be a special episode. We're in a silly, goofy mood. <laughs> we're going to start the show today by figuring out, are we better now? You know, Lewis Hamilton is going to Ferrari. I'm still not used to saying that sentence. Are we better? Are we okay? And are all of you okay? Are all of you better? We're going to run through polls we put up on our Instagram story at Gridwalk Show and determine just how we're all feeling about this about a week later, like five days later. 
Then we're gonna get into some details because the Emergency Lewis Hamilton pod was definitely a lot of emotions and feelings of panic, but we didn't actually talk about what any of this really means for 2024. So we're introducing a new segment called Lame Duck Shenanigans. We're gonna talk about what this year is going to be for Mercedes and Ferrari, because oh boy, <laughs> we are going into the lame duck years of all lame duck years for both of these teams. Quack, quack. Last week, we gave you our wish list podiums for Haas Williams Stake and Alpine's car launches. So today we're gonna talk about Stake stunning, Williams underwhelming us, and Haas doing the absolute bare minimum, which honestly is hitting our expectations for them. But we're gonna talk everything about the reactions. By the way, up front, we are recording this before the Alpine launch. So you might have to wait till next week to hear our thoughts on that. But if it's pink, yay. If it's not pink, boo. There you go, there's our reaction. And then we're gonna turn our attention to all the car launches that are gonna happen in the upcoming week. And so we're going to give you our wishlist podiums for the Red Bull Junior launch, the Aston Martin launch, the Ferrari launch, the Mercedes launch, the McLaren launch, which I'm still confused what they're going to be announcing at their launch because McLaren has basically given us everything already. We're going to start the show giving you our thoughts on all the accusations about Christian Horner right now. We're not going to dig into it in detail, but we're going to give you our thoughts up front. If that is triggering to you in any way, we fully respect that. And definitely check out the time codes in the description, wherever you're listening, and you can skip ahead to the end of that conversation. And with that, take it away, voiceover man. It's lights out and away we go on this week's Gridwalk. Before we get into this, we're gonna talk about the Christian Horner stuff. We are not gonna talk about it from the perspective of what this means for on track or the F1 team this week. Um, if you do not want to listen to this, we totally respect that. If this is triggering for you, there are time codes in the description for you to skip ahead. News has come out today about Christian Horner and some allegations and sexual harassment things. And there's just like different investigations going on. What we wanted to do for the show, we don't want to be spending a lot of time focusing on what those allegations are and everything of that's that currently ongoing. More so because this is an area that we feel passionate about of vocalizing and recognizing the bravery it takes for victims to, you know, speak out about their experiences and the situations that they're going through or have gone through. And that's why a lot of the times women or men or whoever, whatever you identify as, like don't speak up about these situations because they're sometimes like not necessarily believed. So the two of us found it to be very important that we just wanted to vocalize, you know, support for victims in this situation that show that like we're an area of support that like we admire anyone who's willing to do the hard thing and speak out, especially when it seems like the world could be against you in that situation. I mean, when you're especially coming, making claims and statements about someone that is in such a position of power, it can so very easily like just fall right back on you. And that's so frightening and so very scary. So we just wanted to open up the show to bring light to this situation that it's so very serious that we felt like we couldn't just have a normal episode without acknowledging what's currently going on. And again, we're not diving into what those allegations are. And once, you know, further investigations go on, maybe that will change depending on, you know, how we feel about it and what we're comfortable with, what our viewers kind of, if you give feedback and like you feel comfortable hearing these types of things, it's just important to us to be 
vocalizing support in something like this, because if, you know, we're not using our platform and our voices to kind of highlight and, you know, raise the other voices that we believe in and support for that, then it kind of defeats the purpose of one of the reasons why we do this show. The, uh, this is something you'll hear other people say, but it's very true that not a single woman in my life either isn't very close to someone who has been sexually harassed in some way or them themselves has been. So it's really impossible for it not to hit close to home for us and just to instantly from my brain to go and think about the victim. And of all the people in my life who I know who have been sexually harassed, not a single one of them has reported or wanted to report because they knew the odds and that it would instantly fall back on them. And so like, I'm, you know, super impressed um, that the victim was able to stand up for herself in a way that I don't know if I ever would be able to. I would hope that I would. And I hope that she has a great support system around her. And I really hope that Red Bull takes this very seriously uh, because this is not, um, these allegations are against someone who is one of the probably five faces of the sport. And if the allegations are true and they're was sexual misconduct in any way that's not someone that we want as the face of f1 in any way yeah so yeah it's uh very disheartening to hear so hopefully all investigations are done with due diligence and you know everyone can kind of like be at peace but it's not something that you can let slide by and i do hope red bull is taking this as seriously so you know as we'll hear later not really talking too much about their upcoming car launch because I, I, you, we believe they have priorities elsewhere right now. So that's where their focus needs to be. Then like, great. I think your car is going to be pretty okay this year. Like you're going to be fine. Now figure out your stuff off track. Right. I can't make a goofy podium about how I want there to be fireworks at your car launch when the reality is I just want your working environment to be safe. Like I, I'm expecting the bare minimum. Um, positive of this, I would point you in the direction of James Vow's comments. He made comments when he was interviewed by Bloomberg. They were incredible. Uh, so I'll point you in the direction of that. Maybe we'll link it in the comments below because it's great to see that there is vocal support um, for uh, sexual assault survivors coming and from other teams. And he's saying that he doesn't want this to be a part of F1. Um, And then we'll also put some resources, um, hotlines and stuff for um, anyone who needs it. Um, Or if, you know, you want to share it with other people. Uh, But yeah, we're going to go week by week with this. So obviously, as we get news, we'll determine that week what we feel comfortable talking about. um, And we'll communicate with you on the episodes Um, We're not going to surprise you with anything, and we're not going to dramatically pivot into talking about Red Bull, the F1 team, until we feel comfortable doing so. So don't worry. No, there will be no surprises from us. The results are in. We're talking about polls now from the people that listen to the show. (laughs) It's been five-ish days. Uh, Are you feeling better? Are you still in shock? We're in the uh, journey to acceptance about Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. Are you right now? 
I'm in shock, but like there's a lot more excitement, especially now with like all different interviews about how like part of Lewis's dream as a child was always to be like winning a race in red. And like, yeah, it's the going back to the the like quote of, you know, everyone's a Ferrari fan. And so like that I feel good about. So I don't feel doom and gloom. I still feel like very weird. And every time we say Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari and like weird. Um, But as like it goes on, I can start to be looking for the things that make sense. But I still feel kind of like my world was very rocked. Right. I don't think it's going to feel real until I see him in a Ferrari race suit for the first time. Yeah. Until he's in red. But I I think I'm past the initial shock. And I'm into, he seems so excited, so I'm excited for him. Kind of. Yeah. That's definitely, that seems like the appropriate vibe. So it's positive. All of it's positive. Right. All, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I wanted to get a gauge on how everyone who follows Gridwalk was feeling. So I put up some polls on our Instagram stories at Gridwalk Show. Um, also, leading into the season, we do put up polls post every race weekend. Uh, so definitely make sure to follow us on Instagram and participate in the polls so you can have your voice heard. But I asked a couple days later, how are you feeling about the Hamilton to Ferrari move? 43% said 2025 can't get here fast enough. And then tied with 29% at peace is still in shock or worried and stressed. So I think the general vibe is for whether it's because this year is going to be interesting or because this year, like, I just, I now just want to be at 2025. Red Bull is going to dominate the season anyway. Like, I just, get me to Hamilton in the Ferrari already. I know. I don't want to say, like, we know what we can expect from 2024 because like you never know what you can be expecting in this sport, blah, blah, blah. Except I do feel like I can expect Red Bull dominance, blah, 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 blah. So 2025. (laughs) Seems like most of us are in that place. Then I asked in 2024, the Mercedes season will be, and the options were extra combative, quietly tense, or just peachy. Nicole, where did you land in this spectrum? Uh, I believe I went with quietly tense. Quietly, yeah. Quietly tense, but it may bubble over. But I think starting quietly tense. <laughs> well, you were with the vast majority of people. 67% of people also felt like they were going to be quietly tense. Only 11% said extra combative. And that's kind of where I am. I think that this was already boiling over last season to be pretty combative. I think we went through the quietly tense season already. But most of you do disagree with me. 22% said, Peachy, everything's going to be fine. Which I'm, you know, I want to live in your brain. If you said that, that seems like a great place to live. I like never think anything's going to be just Peachy, so. (laughs) Conversely, I asked, this season Ferrari will be extra combative, quietly tense, or Peachy. Where'd you land there? I don't remember. I might have said extra combative on this one, but. Why the difference? I don't know. I also just kind of feel like there's, maybe it's because Carlos is a little up in the air right now that, and also Ferrari just tends to have a little bit more of a. They run Oh no. Yeah. Like, you know, strategy, plan, ZZY, like. 
there just feels like there's a little bit more of an opportunity for chaos, I guess. Um, it's a well, gut feeling. Nothing real logical here. Just a gut feeling. That, yeah. I mean, we can't know for sure. This is a gut check for all of us who participated in these polls. This one was more divided. 44% said extra combative. 44% said quietly tense. And the remaining said peachy. So almost no one thinks it's going to be peachy. Yeah, so, I think this one's an either or. It's either it's right. it's tense, it's or it's overflowing, and I think it just depends on the weekend and or what driver has the right setup for Ferrari. Now, now I am the opposite of you because you thought Ferrari is going to be more combative than Mercedes. I think Carlos doesn't have the leverage to be combat combative this season. He's basically having a job interview for a, a seat. And hopefully he's hoping probably for a good seat. He's hoping to get that Mercedes seat or maybe that Red Bull seat, whatever it is. So while I I thought Mercedes was going to end up more forwardly combative than Ferrari because Lewis Hamilton has the leverage to be the greatest of all time and to still demand things. And Carlos Sainz shouldn't be. Yeah, I think I'm also just trying, I guess part of my brain's also considering combative, combative being you know, like aggressive and driving and like really like trying to, you know, like, like, let's say they call like Ferrari calls team orders and Carlos is like, nah, I'm going to win this. And like, I guess maybe some teams would also see that as not necessarily like the move that they would want. Cause you want your drivers to listen to those types of things, but also if he's able to like show off his skill and maneuvering as a driver. So I, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm kind of thinking of it in that way of like Carlos prioritizing the Carlos of it, which not that I think that like, that's, you know, necessarily his persona, but like in his position, I might want to do that, you know, like show off my skill and prioritize, like making myself look good in order to, you know, show what I can do in a car and get someone to give me a seat. And, you know, even though I do believe he'll be eventually fine and somewhere, duh, but you know. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be off the grid. No. But it's just no. how good of a seat does he get? Yeah. Well, speaking of getting a seat, I asked if a driver on the grid right now is going to get the Mercedes seat, who do you think it was going to be? The options were Albon, Science, Ocon, and other. Um, I will point out that since this poll has gone up and done its 24 hours, uh, we've now heard that Alex Albon is technically under contract through 2025 we previously thought it was only through 2024 with williams but james vows said he won't stand in alex's way so i don't know what that means i i'm taking that as alex Albon very much is open to be in the mercedes seat if someone wants to put him in the mercedes seat contracts mean nothing remember lewis was signed until 2025 like like it, it yeah Techn like yeah it, like, we just don't know the details of any of these contracts. There's a reason why, like, Max's and Lando and Car and Charles's contracts are all, like, indeterminate amount of years. Why the Lewis Hamilton contract is multiple years. Like, eh. Well, I said um, Alex, which is why I <laughs> That's my yeah. answer was Alex. Well, the interesting thing is 57% said Alex, 43% said signs, no one said Ocon, and no one said other. And I just would like to remind everyone that Esmond Ocon is still managed by Toto Wolf. So that is definitely more than a 0% chance. Yeah. 
Esty Bestie is like my, would is my next pick in this poll, so I was kind of more expecting those two. And shout out to everyone who listens to Gridwalk for not buying into the Fernando Alonso to Mercedes stuff because I that's probably why someone would click other of the people currently on the grid. We did ask who will get the Mercedes seat in 2025, a driver who is currently on the grid or someone who's not currently driving on the grid. I went with the boring answer. I did say on the grid. Just well, I you're like with the likely. vast majority. That's 75%. 25% said a driver not on the grid right now. I'm kind of... Look, it would really buck how Mercedes does things. They don't take people who don't have... Like, the, they'll stick someone in a Williams for a year, but I don't know if they have that kind of leverage over at Williams anymore to do that. They were frustrated that George got stuck there for longer than they wanted him to be stuck in the Williams. Toto Wolf had those quotes this week that this gives them the opportunity to do something bold, which is an interesting PR spin. Like, yeah, congrats on losing the goat. Put Mick in the Mercedes. <laughs> and, uh, that I would mean, be a and, bold like, choice. And, right. And many other series as well. I mean, like this, if we're going to start diving into drivers off the grid, we could be here forever. Um, right. That would be, I mean, look, crazier things have happened in the last seven days i think it's gonna i think they're gonna give kimmy antonelli who's doing f2 this year every single opportunity to be the one who gets that seat uh there were reports that f2 did testing this week and kimmy was like seconds faster than the rest of the grid the f2 grid so if Mm -hmm. he comes in and dominates f2 i'm sure he's gonna have every opportunity at the merc seat so there's definitely not enough ans- uh, information right now to answer this question. But I'm kind of hoping for not on the grid because it would be good to get some spicy young blood in the sport in general. Oh, yeah. And last but not least, which seat is more desirable for a driver in 2025? Red Bull or Mercedes? Mercedes. You and 88% of the people said this, which means that 88% of the people who responded to this poll said, I want the slower car because I can think I can beat George Russell. Then I have the balls to actually go up against Max Verstappen in what is probably going to be the championship car. And I just, I think if I put myself in the mind of most drivers on the grid, smart or not, to get to that point in their career, they're saying Red Bull. They better say Red Bull. Right. They should. I would be a horrible Formula One driver. I've acknowledged that. I would yeah. not be. I, I do not. I know I would not be. Same. Hi, my name is Lando Norris. I, I don't think he's a horrible driver. But I just suddenly was also not wanting to race against Max. I think Lando's a great driver, I think. But when you don't want to be in that car because you know you're not going to be able to beat Max Verstappen. I don't think I can meet Max Verstappen. Maybe I can Which is really different than Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc going, yeah, that sounds like a fun challenge to be up against each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I have an F1 podcast and I'm not an F1 driver. Um, I am not a professional athlete because I just don't have that killer instinct. So I agree. Me. Let me have the Mercedes. (laughs) But... I think which seat is more desirable to a race car driver? It should be the Red Bull. Yeah, I guess also I'm thinking right now, 
if you're in, there's just a lot, you could, what's the best way of phrasing this? Because I wanted to say that you can, I feel like there's almost more of an opportunity to prove yourself at Mercedes, but I think that's only because I feel like there's more of a likelihood of someone coming in that's able to impress at Mercedes compared to George. Then I feel like the odds of somebody coming in as much as I would love for someone to come in and then like show Max Verstappen. But currently at the situation at Red Bull, it's like the Max Verstappen party, the Max Verstappen city, the Max Verstappen car. But let me throw, I don't know how much I believe what I'm about to say, but I'm going to throw a wrench in that thought. We have seen Max demolish Checo. So if anyone comes into this seat in 2025 and is closer than Checo on their first year and has never had Red Bull sim time, so like I don't believe in, you know, like Daniel Ricciardo won't get this kind of leeway from me because he gets Red Bull sim time and has done Red Bull testing and all this stuff. But let's say, for example, you take a Lando Norris and he gets dropped into the Red Bull and maybe he's not beating Max, but he's really close to Max in that first year. The amount of credit we would give Lando for stepping into Max's team and being close And then the hype we would go into in 2026 being like, oh, okay, Lando has ingrained himself in the team now. And like those two taking it to each other in the same car, that would be unreal. Like, I don't think you need to beat Max in your first year to get the credit from all of us. You just need to not be qualifying P15 in the car that's beating everyone by... (laughs) 20, 30 seconds every Consistently race. make it to Q1. Woo! Q3, you mean. Q3. Yes. Q3. Oh my God, I am so tired. Consistently make it to Q... It's been so long. Oh my God. Huh, yes. Consistently make it to Q3. I guess I meant to say out of Q1. Yeah, I, I was like, one of the ways you were going to say this and... Whose sentences I put together and said the wrong things... Quack, 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 quack. Something we didn't touch on last week in our spiraling about Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari is what is 2024 going to be like? Which we're going to refer to as the lame duck year for Carlos at Ferrari and Lewis at Mercedes. And this is very early in the season, aka the season hasn't even started for us to find this out. And I think there's a lot of ramifications and there are serious ramifications and silly ramifications. So let's start with serious real fast. And my brain immediately goes to Mercedes does not get or is likely to not get the technical support of Lewis Hamilton for their car this entire season, which is going to be wild. Um, Because a general rule of thumb is as soon as a driver announces they're leaving, they're immediately removed from all technical conversations. So I think that's a bigger detriment to Mercedes, actually. Toto says they're not going to do that, but I mean, if we're to believe like a lot of the quotes that we've been getting over the last year, it seems like they weren't listening to like the advice he wanted to give them to begin with anyway, which I think is all part of this problem. And I think a big reason why he's leaving is because I do believe that he had great recommendations like for this car and like last year and year before, and you know, there's no one was implementing the changes or doing anything. So I think that's, you know, part of his frustration and stuff. And if there was no change in that, then like 
part of the reason of like why sticking around. So whether it's they choose not to let him be, like be involved or he decides, well, there's no point now or like I don't need to do this, then yeah, I do I do think that there will be less collaboration in that sense, right. whether no matter whose side it's on. I think there will be less collaboration, and I think, to your point, Mercedes will continue to suffer by not listening to Lewis. Because uh, you're right, they weren't listening before. I didn't think about that at all. I don't think, some, some way I don't think this is going to affect anything, is that I don't think Lewis is going to be trying less on track in any way. Lewis is a race car driver, and he wants to go fast and do the best he can, and he's going to work with the team to get the setup to where the setup needs to be every weekend. And he's going to try his best in race. And like I said earlier, Carlos Sainz is auditioning for a role. There's absolutely no way he's going to damage the team in any way by going slower. Like, I don't think either of them are going to try any less hard on track because they're like, yeah, doesn't matter. I'm out. Right. Yeah. I think that's true. Cause I mean, Carlos, your point Things to prove, looking for a seat, somewhere to go, basically a never-ending job interview. Right. Lewis he committed to the cause. Like, he's a race car driver. He wants to go fast. And I and I do believe Mercedes will always have a very special place in his heart. It is, like, I, I mean, a monumental piece of his career and will always be that way no matter what continues to happen. So I don't think that will change his efforts at all. I do think in terms, it will be very interesting to see as the season goes on at Ferrari and at Mercedes, like where they opt to try upgrades first, you know, and whether they see that as a benefit going to their new preferred driver or like just not, you know, not to the driver that's departing or, you know, maybe they'll want to use Lewis as the driver with the upgrades just so that they like don't know what's going to happen and kind of getting that idea. It'll be very interesting to see where that favoritism lies in the way between the drivers on both teams. I think it's going to be, that is going to be very stressful for not stressful. Stressful is not the right word. It's going to be very frustrating for us as Mercedes fans. Reset my brain. It is going to be very frustrating for us as Lewis Hamilton fans this season because they are going to favor George. The entire that was like season. a really crazy correction. Like I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm. No, but I know. Like it's so. It's the first time I've like kind of, and we always kind of we've labeled ourselves and identify as like supporters of drivers and like that's. But it was so really interesting hearing for the first time of like Mercedes fan, Lewis Hamilton fan. <laughs> Right. Like, and I've always been a Lewis Hamilton fan and known that I was always going to, I'm just going to support wherever Lewis chooses to drive. But the same way that everyone's associated Lewis with Mercedes, it's been so easy for my brain to say, yeah, I'm a Mercedes fan for so long. It's going to take a while for me to rewire my brain. Yeah. Uh, But they are going to favor George. And for the past two seasons, whether they get it right all the time, they at least seem to be trying to favor whoever was faster that weekend up until the point in the race. But there are going to be many weekends, I predict, where Lewis is going to be very clearly faster because he normally is. And they're going to say, that's great, Lewis. Let George through. Um, Which is why we're going to have a lame duck shenanigans counter on this podcast. And 
because I predict many, many episodes of us just being sad and frustrated. Yeah, it'll... And yeah, same at Ferrari. Any kind of like calling of team orders, like that'll be something very interesting to watch and see when and if it happens. And it's a different, it's a different mentality. It's a different space in both of these teams now. And especially I think as the season goes on after silly season, I think it, I think it would be worth like revisiting this kind of reflecting like where we saw the first half of the season and kind of what our expectations were and how we saw them forming and then how they'll, you know, forming next year. And that's especially if once maybe we get news about Carlos or news who's getting in the Mercedes seat and maybe how like that shifts and changes how teams operate too, maybe in some fashion, but it's at least beginning of the year. This is, I think, very likely to be seeing this kind of behavior. I'm intrigued to see when it boils over in quotes to the press, because I'm sure both of these teams are going to start very civil. And it's going to be a lot of like, it's going to be a Lewis send off here. And it's so exciting. Or we're so appreciative for Carlos. And then like, when does Carlos make his first quote to the press that he's frustrated? When does George say something that just grinds our gears? Like eventually we're going to get to this point at some point in the season. It's just, how quickly are we going to get there where it all, whatever's happening behind closed doors right now, just boils over to the press. Yeah, definitely. And then it it will also be interesting to see like internally, and this will also be probably more towards the end of the year, or at least until the summer break, when we kind of get these sort of announcements, how the administration management or other positions just within the team itself like will be changing if anyone decides to leave because you know they more worked with this one driver or and like then ultimately where they go like if you know certain members of lewis's team follow and same with carlos wherever he ends up going or just in general that people feel that the team's mission and overall viewpoint and future is changing that's you especially again lewis was a big part of the future and like planning of the of Mercedes. And I think most people kind of thought that was going to be like that career move forever and a Sterling Moss, you know, and end your career here, ambassador here forever. And then, you know, apparently Mercedes didn't want that. So if you are not watching us on YouTube, just know on YouTube, our full report cards for all the things we care about for car launches are going to be up on the screen in the videos. If not, you can go to our social media at Gridwalk Show, and there's also cards there with our full report cards uh, to listen along. We don't want to talk for 10 hours about these car launches because there's really not much to say, which is not why why we're not going line item by line item on our report cards. Because guess what? Haas is the first one we have to talk about and they got a one out of five from both of us. They, it, like, barely a launch. I mean, like, uh, I, I I got one, ooh, ah, at the start of the video before I saw the car. I was like, ooh, a vault, that's kind of cool. And then I, that, I was unimpressed. They, this I, is, I don't, the, I don't even count this as a car launch. My wish list for them last week was have a car launch and have more white than black. And if you line up their last year livery to this year livery, they got blacker, and they still didn't have a car launch. So I felt like they, the only reason they got a one out of five is because I think there was a video this year instead of it just being static images. And I went, yeah. all right, 
you try it a little bit more and and you're in flux you don't have a team principal like you like through this process you were trans transitioning between team principals but uh yeah yeah boring not good don't have much to say yeah really boring um definitely was like ah brianna's wish list let's do the opposite of all of those things and at the same time say that we expect to be at the back of the grid that's what you definitely want every team's launching at the start of the season to begin with so you know what haas got all that out they do what they did every single year here we go first now just like ah here it is take it all in and then everyone forget because everything else happens boo big bummer blah 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 i'm over it it's not even worth further discussion in my opinion because like it's not a car launch williams you hoodwinked us i'm mad at you yeah what the heck bro so williams got a two out of five on our report card average well actually we both gave it a two out of five for different reasons this is a constant f1 team issue and williams i trusted you i trusted you more than this you cannot promote that you're doing your launch in new york city and then the millions of people who tune into the launch, get no New York City content. I'm glad that 50 people who are journalists got to have a launch in New York City. You did not launch in New York City. False advertising. I'm so mad. I was so excited to see like a whole setup in the middle of the store and it was going to be like a broadcast inside the Puma store. And we're going to see New York and we're going to see the car. And we're going to see fans. And we're going to see all of these things. There were fans getting W-shaped donuts. And where did I have to see that? On Twitter, not on the actual car launch. Who knows? This car launch could have been filmed in 2023 for all we know. I have no it idea. It was too overproduced. I False advertising. Do not tell me that you're launching from the Puma store when you're all just hanging out there and we're not invited to the party. That's so rude. So rude. You can the thing mad. that the vast majority of people are not participating in. I've spent this whole episode ranting about how I don't want any more blue liveries. And I actually liked this one. So I wish that it was actually the launch that you advertised because I would have really given this higher amounts of points. If you told me last week that William scored lower than Steak did, I would have said Lewis Hamilton no still drives for a Mercedes. You don't know anything. A week ago, I was a different person. <laughs> I just, they did so much New York City hype. And the one thing we said episodes ago when we were so excited about this is if you're going to do a New York City thing, your launch needs to lean into New York City. Instead, we got a studio show with Will Buxton interviewing people. And they could have been incredible interviews, but I just was sitting there fuming the entire time that it was some pre-recorded thing that I didn't care for. Like, I was like, whatever. I mean, they gave Alex a little more space than last year to show off some personality, so I appreciated that. But you know what would give both of these drivers space for a lot of personality? You put a microphone in their face and you make it live. Yeah. And, like, at first I had thought that, because all of the promo leading up was in New York, yeah. and, the, and, the, and they had they spent all of this money setting up in the store with the show car, doing all of that, and they also had this big production of it pre-filmed. At first, I thought it was going to be like the beginning and Will Buxton and like doing it. all of yeah. that types of stuff, and then like really like then like 
going to New York. And then as it kept going, I'm like, oh, we're on like interview three and we're still not in New York. And then even in the beginning, like the intro video was really cool. And they had that moment where it like cut to Logan and Alex, like watching it. I was like, haha, that's funny. Like breaking the fourth wall. Like this, this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden I'm in the production studio all over again, not in the Puma store on fifth Ave, not as I was advertised. Williams, I'm mad at you. Know your audience, too. I'm sure it was incredible for the people who got to go, for the journalists who were there reporting on it in the store, and for the small group of fans who got, you know, to be able to be there. And I'm super happy for them. It looks like they had a great time. Like, that's in, that looks great. But the predominant thing you are promoting on social media to the large group of people, you know they're not going to see any of that content so why are why is that what you're pushing it's just such a marketing miss that i can't in good conscience the only reason this is a two out of five is that our livery scores brought this up yeah and that's also i feel a sucker for like any historical heritage callback and like that's really what this livery did so that's where all of your points are. But I'm in the Duracell airbox. Thank you. And the Duracell airbox. Air because if that was gone, then we God, I we'd be this would be a zero. Launch. What if like absolute fail of a launch? Yeah. I'm, I'm real big bomb, real disappointment. There were so many cool things. White race suits, like it was all there. But all I could take away was this was not New York City. This wasn't what you said it was going to be. Manage the expectations. All right, the steak car launch. I know that everyone's been on their toes waiting for us to talk about this one. They had to sit there and listen to us talk about Haas and Williams to get to us talking about this. And to the shock of no one who watches Gridwalk, this is a four out of five. Like, the, there are so few things that they could have done better to make this an incredible car launch because this was an incredible car launch. You know what? Who would be surprised of this? Us, like a month ago, when yes. Steak, whatever fumble name here was released, you know, Filet Mignon did an unbelievable job. Like, I had such low expectations due to Alfa Romeo's launch last year that I was like, really, the bar is so low. But whoa, they yeah. blew me out of the water. I really enjoyed the launch, like across the board. Oh my God. But the production, the visuals, I, just starting out from the beginning, all of their production footage, the intro videos, just the branding across the board, like really followed through from everything they were posting online. Oh, and work that of was art. actually the branding aesthetic part of it was the part I had really low expectations for because what they've been posting on their social media account has been neon green but it didn't really have a lot of feeling or emotion to it but every single one of those videos to your point was production perfectly well communicated what their brand identity was going to be it was fun it was youthful it was exciting I didn't really even care what they were saying in it because like whatever like there was a, there was definitely a lot of like we're here to make noise and it's like yeah for two years and like we'll make that joke forever but it, I didn't care because it was such a well-executed brand vision that 
Then I think the second thing we have to talk about is the set and the location. Because not only did they execute visually on the video components, this incredible brand image, but then they chose this cathedral, lit it up green, had these floating red candle lights, so much just neon green signage. Like if you're gonna go neon green, go neon green and they delivered. Yeah, uh, it felt like we were in the Green Goblin's lair. I 100% feel like this is what the inside of it would look like. And, you know, we had talked about last week when going over, like, wish lists of things of, like, you're here for a good time, not for a long time. And, oh, my God, did they make that so unbelievably clear that they were aware of that and, like, were addressing it and were very upfront about it. And it made it for a better launch. I was worried that they were going to just be like, this is the new beginnings and stuff. But they were so upfront of like, this is what we're here for. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to lean into and the different ways like that. And it was everything that a short-term team could do for a launch. And they did. And I I felt entertained the entire time. Like Naomi shift was incredible. Her jokes landed. She really in, like she was definitely given instructions on what the brand vibe was going to be. And she hit on it for me. She also looked incredible. I loved her outfit so much, but it just, she really took the feel they wanted and took, she like, I think the drawback of this is I don't think the drivers or team principal or technical director really delivered on the mood. They gave some really boring answers, but I was entertained the whole time because Naomi did an incredible job keeping me entertained and keeping them interesting. Yes. And then while the drivers were, or whoever was kind of like into your point of, we got, you know, the standard answers that we would expect wasn't anything necessarily very special. So while all of that was going on, my eyes were like, but green and everything is green and the race suits are green and everything is green. And what was I screaming about? Give us a lime green livery. And I'm going to say they delivered. I feel content. I do feel like if a little kid, to your point, were to look at the car and say, what color is it? They would say green. So you know what? You nailed it. You nailed it. It looks like it's from Mario Kart. I, I... I wanted green livery and they did it. It's going to stand out on track amongst all of the blue. I love this livery. I'm so excited about this livery. It passed the little kid test. And I just was so impressed across the board that they decided to go with this brand identity. And I felt like they hit on that brand identity with every decision they made. With the race suits, with the livery, with the set, with the location, every single thing felt like it was on brand and I now know exactly the type of content they should be delivering for the rest of the season. Because make no mistake, I don't think this car is going to be fast, but I hope the team is fun. And they've been fun. And then we've gotten, they've continued to make like really fun, silly content on socials accounts. And that was something that last year we were constantly like Alfa Romeo, 
You're not doing this. And towards the end of the season, I feel like you could tell that maybe they were bringing in like some of their new social people to be like right. trying out certain things. There's like a different energy. It definitely feels more of like a silly, goofy mood on types on like the things in their post and that they're just, they just feel like cool. Like they want to be cool. They want to be relatable. It feels younger. Like it could not have been more opposite from the Steve Job vibe around the ta- like newscast broadcast table with the accidental leaking of the livery behind them before they actually announced the livery. Like full opposite, 180 from last year's launch to this year's launch. I'm ready. I'm I'm so hyped to see what they have for the rest of this year. Which is actually so impressive because we know it's the same quote unquote team, right? Just with a new brand identity. So I'm really impressed that they were able to create something last year that was so Alfa Romeo, it hurt us. Pain- it was so painful to watch it. And then they were able to, in one year, flip around their brand identity and make it this fun and lean into it this much. Like that's hard to do for a team, uh, like just any marketing branding team to like buy into that so heavily. So it's... I also think this week we got the two teams that are likely going to be fighting for last place in Haas and Steak. And so just compare this conversation we're having about Steak to the one we had about Haas. Because there is a way that you can make people excited about a team that we all know is going to be slow. But I'm sure there are going to be so many people who buy Steak merch just because of their branding and how exciting it is. Despite the fact that no one thinks they're gonna jump. Like it's it's. There's a way. Green to do will this. make them go. Green will not. Green sometimes does not mean go, and it might, you know, be, be you know, DNF. Green, instead. but it's so much more exciting to watch a green car get passed and lapped by Max Verstappen than just a normal car. Hi, people who are currently listening to this. You all know what the Alpine livery looks like and what the Alpine car launch was like. Guess what? Right now, while we're recording this, we don't know. So here is my summary of Alpine. If the car is pink, they probably scored a four or five. They would have to really mess it up. If the car is only pink for a limited time, or if the car is not pink, boo. Boo. And we'll, of course, uh, revisit this on next week's episode. Big boo, big, big Hope it's a yay. Hope it's a yay. And Ryan Reynolds? Yay! Do it. Travis Kelsey? Super Bowl. Busy. (laughs) Yeah. But he could have pre-recorded something. You would just like to see that because then you would take that as an inkling the Chiefs are not focused and or will lose this weekend. What are you talking about? I am the biggest Chiefs fan this weekend. The 49ers are the worst. Screw the 49ers. I honestly just keep forgetting about the 49ers. Because I just Because they are they the worst. Uh, yes, okay. some celebrity Wait, appearances. <laughs> and pink livery. That's it. If we get those two things, at least four or five. Right. There you go. Now, even before, we know, you all know that that will be our reaction. We still have six car launches remaining. We are not going to be talking about the Red Bull car launch because we have one wish for the Red Bull car launch um, that we've already addressed in this episode. So we're going to talk about the other five car launches that are coming soon in the the orders and days that they're coming. And the first one comes the day after you all get this episode on Friday. 
with Red Bull Jr. giving us a car launch. Yeah, Red Bull Jr. is just officially... There's going to be a video out on our socials before I officially really picked up that name. But I will officially be calling it Red Bull Jr. as uh, we move forward. But yeah, it's wow, Red Bull Jr. I have the honor of creating my wish list for Red Bull Jr. Um, there's no honorable mentions because I I was not even sure what to ask of the team that I don't even really know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is? It's Daniel Ricardo and Red Bull. Wants to operate two teams. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it is. It, oh, you know, I did see someone on Twitter describe the team as just um, a slow billboard. Slow in F1 terms. So, because I don't know if you've read all the reports about Visa, like, also sponsoring the big Red Bull team. So, basically, Red Bull has too many sponsors. And so, they just run this second team to, like, have it as a To, like, goal. be the billboard that, like, drives around the city yes. with the revolving, like, advertisements and things. Yeah. If I can find the really tweet again, sense. I'll share credit on the screen on YouTube. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be a really wild, thrilling, exciting po- podium. I can promise you that. So starting with my P3, feel like it's a simple request that they'll fail on. Don't oh, wait. to hit the button. I did totally forget the button. Yep, so starting with in P3 I know you're going to be blue but don't do it really like I, it's the only color you've shown but I stop with the blue on the grid there's too much blue on the grid you're going to look like just another Red Bull on the track like you have the opportunity to be creative do all white I don't know just just please 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 I'm, I'm streaming into the void because all of the branding is blue but just it's gonna just I'm disappointed already the only reason I would be okay with blue because I fully support everything you're saying is incorporate some visa yellow like visa has great blue and yellow branding like the blue yellow and white I don't think they're gonna do it but I would be excited about the blue if it's blue and yellow yeah I mean blue yellow that's not blue I'll take right. other colors but unfortunately, <laughs> Red Bull is also blue, blue, yellow, red. Yeah. So it's going to look like another Red Bull, unfortunately, on track. But that's why it's Red Bull Jr. Anywho. In P2. What the hell is your name? Like, like tell us what to call you. I still am not going to. <laughs> I love when you get too into the rant that I can't hit the soundboard in time. It really is fantastic. Because this this infuriates me. I'm so angry at this team. We've been yelling about Red Bull Jr., (laughs) V-Car, Visa, Cash App, Red Bull, Racing Bulls, whatever the heck this team's name is, for three weeks. And I still don't know what to call it. And I can't believe that there is some chief marketing officer that thinks that fans can just pick a name. That is asking for danger. You do not do that. I'm confusion. This is confusion. Who are you? License and registration, please. Show me your identification. I don't know who you are. This is horrendous. No words. And in B1. Danny Ricardo is your only saving grace to maybe make this any sort of workable thing. Use his personality and Yuki's. You have drivers that are fun with the personality. So utilize them because everything else looks like a dumpster fire. 
I did it again. I just can't. I I, I hit it too soon. <laughs> this is our first podium of the episode. It's okay. We're rusty. <laughs> we're rusty after doing this a week ago a thousand times. But you know what? This podium is a great representation of the Red Bull Junior rollout entirely. I hope their car launch goes better because it can really only go up from here. Danny Ricardo, do something, please. From the teaser photos, it looks like the car is going to be very white. Wow. It's going to look like Alphatari with a different shade of blue. Ooh, what an exciting rebrand. The first car launch of next week and the second car launch we have post this episode dropping is the Aston Martin car launch. They're launching again at Silverstone like they did last year at their like, new factory facilities. Last year, the highlights were the flashing lights and the very memeable moment with Fernando Alonso where he's running through the tunnel. Uh, but it was a little long. So. In P3. Please make it under 30 minutes. And preferably, like, I'm all for Lauren Stroll talking if he wants to talk, but that needs to be five minutes or less. Yeah, he can, that definitely felt like that could have been edited and taken down. But that was also another really good meme that we got. Yes. What a memeable launch last year was. <laughs> so it's just, I feel like Aston Martin is accidentally funny. So I, nowhere on this podium do I actually say create more memeable moments or be funny because I think if they tried, they would fail. But if they could make it shorter and pithier, I really think it would be a good car launch. In P2. This year, so many of the cars seem to be more carbon fiber than livery. So my hope and dream for Aston Martin is that it's more green than black. That's a fair. That's a, yeah. I don't think that's asking for a lot. I feel like it's likely too. They they, they were they were one of the teams last year that like didn't really lean into the carbon fiber in like such an obvious way. So I hope they stick yeah. with that. They kept most of their paint on top of the car. So when you saw the car, it was the Aston Martin green. Also, Aston Martin green is such an iconic green. So if they were running an Aston Martin car and it was mostly black, I would just be like, Ugh. all right. Last but not least. NB1. Give us some kind of Honda update, please. Aston Martin is becoming the Honda Works team in 2026, which means that right now I feel like their car is in this building mode where they're trying to be as fast as they can and build up their infrastructure really all for 2026 when they are no longer a Mercedes customer team. So. Of all the things that could come from the Aston Martin car launch, I would love something that we could lead the show with next week, talking about Honda for 2026. Um, or some other news. You could give me some other kind of exciting news. But that's, you know, that's my P1. Give give me something worth talking about. Yeah. We'd love to get that kind of update. Definitely. It would be very, very interesting to get any sort of Honda update and just kind of then see how that's, impacting their strategy this year even though we know that they can't be like doing any sort of like developments and things but just getting any sort of buzz like that would be very interesting. oh wow ferrari wow <laughs> well so my wish list for the ferrari car launch has evolved 
in ways. <laughs> with some news? With some news, news that might have happened that might have, you know, caused me to, like, used to want some things and now I don't want those things slash can't have those things slash wouldn't need those things anymore. Um, so we had to do a little bit of starting over on this one for some things. But uh, starting at the good old. In P3. Keep it fan focused. Ferrari, I think, did one of the greatest jobs last year of having an entire grandstand full of Tifosi, like, losing their minds, clearly having, like, the best day of their lives. And, like, you could just see all of the fan hope that, like, really lives in Ferrari at the start of the season. And I want that to continue. So I'm hoping that there's still, like, a very noticeable and present fan presence at this year's launch. They drove the car. I don't know how you beat that. I've been wondering, because I haven't seen any leaks or announcements about what's happening or where this is happening. Like, how can you go back to a normal launch after your launch last year was in front of a grandstand of fans and they drove the car? Like, anything they do, even if it's better than every other team, I feel like if it's not that, we'll be a letdown. In P2. Drive the car again. Sorry! <laughs> but you're not wrong, which is why it's also my P2. It like I it was it seems like so crazy that like we're so many show cars, so many I just like I understand everything's secret and teams want to like conceal certain things, but like wow, getting the the excitement that I felt last year of like they're going to drive. They're going to drive the car. We're going to see, we're going to see the car and it's going to go on track and it's going to do like, I felt so alive and excited that I need them to do that again. And I need them to do that again in front of Tifosi. And cause then, you know, this, this is my new life. This is where I'm heading. Right. This is where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Hamfosi, I think is what I keep seeing people. I love that. <laughs> so much. Okay. But we're getting ahead oh, of ourselves. Yeah. I was going to, what I was going to say is that, like, I feel the more a team shows us of the car, the more leeway I give on the rest of the car launch. So if you're going to show me a show car, there better be some pizzazz. You better pull a stick. Hold it in a cathedral. There's flashing lights. Like, I don't care that that was a show car because you made everything else so exciting and worth watching. Everything else was such a show that the show car, like, was it was fine. It was part of the show. Like, right. it was a cool, like, ah, everything is show, such a show, but yeah. I I would be totally on board if teams were like, hey, we're going to give you the actual car two days before testing, and we're going to give you the most stripped back launch ever, and because it doesn't matter, we're just like, I'd be like, great, yeah, you're showing me the real car, but if you don't show me the real car, my expectations rise. Okay. NB1. Just like let's let's not make this weird. This P one used to P1. be <laughs> used to be a Carlos Sainz contract extension, but for all of the obvious reasons, that cannot be my P one. Nor would I want that to currently be my P one because Ham Fosi, what's up, ride till I die. However, I still love Carlos Sainz and I want good things for him. So for this car launch, 
I'm totally fine that if for these 45 minutes, no one mentions it. No one mentions what's happening. I just don't need to see Carlos address that right now because I know that's going to happen enough during the season that we could just live in this little bubble for like a second and I could just be like, oh, look at Carlos and Charles. And then I can like, you know, it whatever. Like, I just need that little bubble to happen because I just, I'm not ready to see Carlos deal with that yet. So we're sticking in 2024. Hamfosi till I die, 100%. Except let's just not make this one weird. See, this is the first thing you've put on your podium that I so disagree with. Because I'm not saying I want it to be weird, but I think it would be weirder not to mention anything of it. Or acknowledge it a little bit. like. But also, just for my pure entertainment value, like, let's make it weird. Oh, I don't want, I'm not ready. It's going to be all season. All season, it's going to be, like, annoying journalist questions and things, and I just, I don't, it, and whatever statement's going to be just some, like, PR, like, cookie cutter, blah, 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 but, like, just, you know, maybe don't make it weird, but now that I say it, they're definitely going to make it weird. (laughs) I, again, I just think there's no way not to make it weird. Like, you kind of have to make it all about It is weird. It's all, this is a weird situation. All right, well, moving on from Ferrari to Mercedes. The Mercedes car launches this week. And I would say that my podium here changed a little bit from what I thought it was going to be to what it actually ended up being. Uh, But. In P3. I still really just want a black livery. Lewis Hamilton's last year in a Mercedes. Please, you can go back to silver next year. Keep it black this year. Yeah, that that car looks too good black. And everywhere else we're like, no black, except Mercedes. We're like, keep it black. (laughs) Because it actually means something and it's a thing versus look how cool and black. It's like carbon fiber. It's like, yes, we get it. Your car's too heavy. Like Mercedes actually painted their car black. So it's different than just like, look at all this exposed carbon fiber. All right. In P2. None of the launches have had pyrotechnics so far. And I here am here at this desk to say, Mercedes, you need some fireworks. Now, you would think that this is a weird team for me to ask to have sparklers and fireworks. But last year's Mercedes launch, the only thing it had going for them was the fact that I could look at Lewis Hamilton for the entire time. And then we were excited that the car was black. So they really have nothing going for it right now. Like if it's going to be kind of as boring as last year, except that this is their last year with Lewis Hamilton. And if the car's black, it's not going to surprise me because it was black last year. You need something exciting. And I'm here to say uh, sparklers, fireworks, things like that, pyrotechnics in general are exciting. So that is on my wish list for Mercedes. Yeah, make it sparkle. All right. (laughs) In B1. If you're going to make it awkward, at least make it memeable. It's going to be awkward. I actually, in a weird way, trust Ferrari to make it less awkward than Mercedes. It's definitely going to be awkward. Please give us a couple good memes out of it. Get like a Toto crying. Please, no, don't do it. (laughs) And then George's like, what's happening? I'm still here. And I will throw in. A bonus mention because Brianna struggled to make a decision. 
I do think that they need to acknowledge that this year is going to be a Lewis Hamilton swan song now. I think if they go the entire car launch with their original script and don't acknowledge that the greatest driver of all time, who has been a Mercedes driver for this long, is leaving them, and they don't make that a key narrative of the season, they're going to be having to work backwards for that after the fact. Yeah, even though, so everything I just said for Ferrari, I still feel true, but for Lewis, is always an <laughs> exception. Like, you can't, you can't send that man off without, like, big pop and circumstance and pyrotechnics! <laughs> yeah, because I don't, what else is there to launch? Because McLaren is like, here is all of our secrets. Like, here is everything. Here's, you know, but they're all, whatever it takes! So... I attempted to give a list of things I hope and wish to see at this launch. And, you know, maybe they're listening and they'll just announce all of these things tomorrow. So. <laughs> In P3. I would love if they had several of their drivers in their like academy being a participant of it. But I particularly would love to see Bianca Bustamante have some type of presence. Just, I think it's a guarantee that we're going to get spotlights on Lando and Oscar. They have great personality. I think McLaren will really utilize that because they understand that. But I feel like McLaren should be one of those teams that is now starting to, like, acknowledge that other teams are showing how they're supporting other series and things. So let's, you know, get some of your IndyCar drivers, get, you know, F1 Academy driver. Like, let's see other series and other supports at this launch. If McLaren is going to basically have a cinematic universe worth of teams and drivers, might as well utilize them. And F1 is the biggest stage of all of the series that they participate in. So bring attention to IndyCar, bring attention to F1 Academy. Um, so I 100% agree. In P2. You already have some cool sponsors, but give us another cooler, bigger sponsor. Something that's a headline, something that will be interesting, something that maybe will lead to like a, you know, special edition livery at a certain race or something like that. They used to have golf. They no longer have golf. I want them to have golf. Chrome can be cool as fun, except when they just make the car all black. Like if you're going to make it like an entire Chrome car, that would be cool. If not, find another sponsor that gives you the opportunity <laughs> to do something really cool. Yeah, McLaren has the most fun with their sponsors normally. So if there is no involvement or silliness or just excitement around one of their sponsors, new or not, I probably would be disappointed coming out of their launch. Again, going back to McLaren can't lean on livery, race suits, and like anything that other teams normally lean on here. So... Uh, Asking them to do something sponsorship fun makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's not like, like almost all of their liveries, like they're right now doing their rollout of the IndyCar liveries. We've got the F1 Academy livery we have there. Oh my gosh. I'm like, Alexander Rossi's like, livery, <gasps> which is the only IndyCar livery that at the time of recording we have seen, is so cool. I am so obsessed with it. Yeah. It's... Like, just such that tasteful... I also just always get, like, that. whenever it's, like, the white and the orange, it gives me the callback to, like, golf-style liveries, which I always just think have yes. such... It gives such, like, that historic presence of motorsports. But, yeah, that's a hot car. That looks so good. I'm really excited to see the other ones. 
everyone in the comments um, put a little pressure on Nicole that she definitely needs to fly out to Los Angeles to come see the Long Beach GP with me this year so we can keep our tradition of Taylor Swift drops an album and we watch motorsports together. And she's totally willing to do it, but so if she gets a little bit of pressure, that's all it's going to take for her to book her flights here. And then could you imagine we'll film an episode in person together in yeah. the same room? Shocking. What a thought. That would be wild. <laughs> We'd have to get voiceover man to re-record the intro because we're not going to be from New York and Los Angeles. We're just only going to be in Los Angeles. Yeah. All right. And to wrap up this McLaren podium. In B1. If I don't see a real car, what are we doing? There is no excuse for a show car. It better be on a track. We better see what it does. Like, look, copy whatever Ferrari did last year. But if you are really leading to this whatever it takes mentality, and then I see a show car at your car launch, I, like, I'm done. I will not listen to anything that you're saying for the rest of the year. They unfortunately have decided their tagline for this season is going to be the most memeable tagline. DNFs, whatever it takes. We had to hit that wall. It was whatever it takes. Oh, we, you know, had to mess up this tire strategy. Whatever, yeah, whatever it, takes. it takes. It's whatever it takes, you know. It's, we're not we're not saying what it's going to take us to, but whatever it takes is going to take us there. And it's going to be orange. But just a little bit of orange. Just a little. And like carbon fiber. And like a little orange. It's the final lap hitting every F1 garage. Get ready for this week's Yellow Sector Notes. F1 confirmed their new sprint format for 2024. They're doing what Gridwalk recommended a year ago, which is that Friday we'll have uh, a free practice, then the sprint qualifying, um, and then everything follows after that. To give us 24 hours to get hyped about the sprint race, maybe we will care. Um, in other F1-related news that we weren't able to get to today, Suzuka has officially been extended through 2029, which is really exciting. Yeah, they dropped out the day after the Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari news. Did they want us to care? I don't know. Also, in other news, the F1 Academy announced that officially uh, the top five finishers are going to get super license points this year, which is great news that all these drivers are going to essentially get credit for participating in the series. Circling back to the Andretti news, you know that news that feels like it just happened but also was ages ago because it also was before the Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari news? Well, they apparently said that their invite to meet with the Formula One management got lost in their spam. It's up to you whether you believe them. Red Bull announced their three F1 Academy drivers this week. Mercedes and McLaren announced new Lego sets for their cars. Um, they're both putting out their cars from last year and, very excitingly, an MP44 that comes with a little set of minifigure, and that's definitely what I'm probably going to get. Uh, Charles Leclerc's Spotify got hacked. Aston Martin teased a new ad for their road cars with Fernando Alonso. Alpine announced a new watch sponsor for the year. After many years, Williams finally gave in and they changed their steering wheel to have the screen on the wheel. If you didn't know, Williams is the only team that put the screen behind the wheel, which meant when the drivers were turning, they couldn't see the screen. And uh, yeah, that's pretty difficult, but they finally gave in. Shout out to James Vows. They are going to have the screen on the steering wheel like every other team on the grid. Woo! 
Orlin was announced to remain a big sponsor for the Red Bull Junior team this year in 2024. U.S.-based uh, gas company Sunoco partnered with Stake. And Haas, their week was just as boring as their car launch. I have zero notes. And that is the gridwalk for February 8th, 2024 completed. How's my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than Haas's car launch. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Gridwalk. Thank you to our co-creators, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein. Thank you to our four-legged executive producers and me, voiceover man. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires for the next week's show. You can follow us on social media at Gridwalk Show for daily content. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every Thursday, and we will see you for the post-Gridwalk debrief in the comments. And today felt like a grid manuscript and not a gridwalk.